episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app as well. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. My email is Josh at MyFirstSketch.com and you can follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Your weekly reminder that Philly Sketch Fest will present Philly Sketch Fringe on September 15th. Three shows, 7 p.m., 8.30 p.m., and 10.30 p.m., featuring some of the best sketch teams Philadelphia has to offer. Tickets are available at myfirstsketch.com slash sketchfringe, which really just takes you to the ticket flagging page. Today's guest is Steve Swan, who's currently a member of Dog Mountain. His first sketch was performed at the old bedtime stories that Greg Gethard used to run. Steve Spawn plays the younger Kyle. I play the older Kyle, who has gone back in time to warn him. And Abigail Bruley gives the visual and stage directions. So let's get to the sketch. Kyle getting ready for prom in his bedroom. Puts on some cologne, adjusts his bow tie, tuxedo, t-shirt would be funny. (laughs) Suddenly, a man bursts into the room. Kyle! Who are you? Get out of my room! Kyle, I'm you, but from the future. Prove it. Tell me something that happens in the future. Uh, okay. After his re-election in 2012, Barack Obama reveals that he was an Al-Qaeda sleeper cell agent all along. Wow. So why did you come back in time? I'm here to warn you to not go to the prom tonight. Why? Because if you go to the prom tonight, you will get a blowjob. What? Yes! That's awesome! No! This blowjob will have dire consequences. This blowjob will ruin your life. Who gives me a blowjob? That doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter, tell me. Kelly Davis. Kelly Davis? She's the hottest girl in school. She always wears those shorts that say juicy on the ass. This is great. I need to shave my balls. No, wait, listen. This blowjob destroys your life. If you get a blowjob from the hottest girl in school, you can set your expectations too high for the rest of your life. I don't understand. The rest of your life, you assume people will just do things for you and stuff will happen. What happens to me? You like your job at Chick-fil-A? No, fuck that place. You're still working there 15 years later. What? You refuse to find another job because you're hi- holding out for a high-powered six-figure job at SaladWorks. Didn't I go to college? You only apply to Yale, and your entire application essay is skull and bones, motherfucker. You didn't get in. Fuck! I was really this stupid? Do I at least have, like, a chill pad? Not seeing the pattern here, huh? You live in Mom and Dad's basement. Basement? There's spiders down there. You get booted down there when Dad turns this place into a workout room. Future Dad has sick abs. Tell me more, oh great spirit. I'm not a ghost, you asshole. You're kicked out of church for stealing from the offering plate. You meet your future ex-wife at Applebee's karaoke night, and you lose your left nut jerking off with Icy Hot. I really enjoy having a left nut. You have to start thinking about your future. The smallest things you do today affect how you will be in the future. Wow. I should really get it together. Yes, you should. I have the SATs coming up. I should get a study guide. Yes, you should. And I can start outlining my college application essays. 
is this your our old yearbook? Maybe The Great Gatsby really is the American dream turned into the American nightmare. Whoa, Kelly Davis was hot. Well, yeah, but who cares? I to- is that a tongue? I totally forgot about that tongue ring. What are you saying? Mister, you have some balls to shave. Yeah, fuck college. Hey, I get to watch from the bathroom stall. Hey, everybody. So I messed up the recording a little bit when we did this episode a few months back. I accidentally had the recorder set to use its internal microphone instead of the handheld microphones I normally use. So you're going to hear a little bit more of the ambient noise in the room. And I'm a bit quieter than Steve because the microphones were pointed more in his direction. Uh, Sorry about that. Now that I know that that's that's a possibility, it won't ever happen again. But here is my chat with Steve. It's a good one. All right, hey Steve. Hey, how's it going? All right, so where did this idea come from? Oh boy. Uh, well, so the the sketch was for a show called Bedtime Stories. Greg Gethard's old show turned into theme show. Was this eventually at Connie's or? This was at Connie's Rick okay. Rack. So the first time I met Greg, which wasn't the question you asked at all. Uh, Let's go for it. Our wives were friends, and I had wanted to do comedy forever, and I had done random stand-up open mics and never really got traction because I get uh, way too discouraged, (laughs) and stand-up is really, really hard. Um, I've made progress since then. (laughs) So, I've always loved sketch comedy, always wanted to do sketch comedy, but... um, Graduated college, got a job and stuff, and my wife was working. One of her coworkers was Alana, Greg Gethard's wife, and she said... Teachers? Yes, yeah. teachers, yep. So she said, um, oh, Alana's husband does a, a comedy show in Philly, and she told me about it and wanted to introduce us. And uh, I saw his last name was spelled like Get Hard. Yeah and thought it was like a character name, and I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be, this is gonna be awful. <laughs> like he's gonna be some like, you know, like redneck blue collar comedy guy, and I'm like, oh no. Uh, but then I went and watched them when they were at the Shubin, and it was awesome, it was like everything I ever wanted to the do. And I saw them. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Greg was really funny, and he had Megan Robb on, and Secret Pants, and like all these people I would come to befriend. Later. So you had mentioned doing, like, where were you doing stand-up or, you know, tempting? Like, is there any, like, specific spots that are still... I had done the Helium open mic. Um, I had done... And I actually, like, the first time I ever did stand-up, it was uh, probably the worst thing that could happen. It was a great success because I wrote a sketch. I wrote a one-person sketch and went up and did a character, and it went great. So then I... The next time I went up, I was like, psh, this is easy. I can do this. And just died a horrible death. (laughs) Um, there, I forget which open mics were going at the time. I know there was a couple bar show. There was a bar on South Street. I forget the name. Had an open mic. Um, yeah, but I, I dabbled. But okay. you know, I, um, but so meeting Greg through your wife, your wife. Yeah. So they're the theme of the show. Each each bedtime stories had a theme, mm-hmm. and it later became a theme show. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, was prom night. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to write a sketch about prom. And so I wrote something and then uh, went over to Greg and Alana's place. 
And the first thing Greg did was, because he had been doing sketch comedy, and this was like my first time actually like writing a sketch to go perform with someone, I was like, he's like, oh, this is really funny. So um, we're gonna cut three pages out of it, because it was originally about six, seven okay. pages long. Okay. And yeah, he's like, that's... yeah, this first page has some good jokes on it, you don't need any of this. That has nothing to do with the sketch. It was like all the classic stuff, yeah. you know, you, you learn when you're first writing sketches. Uh, and a similar story, the first time I did an iron sketch, uh, Rob Vanderwitz was, was the mentor of my group, and the first sketch I had, I had an idea, he was like, yeah, this is, this is good, this is cool work, but you're cutting, like, half of it, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, yep. like, which is now I'm the king of brevity, and I want everything to be short, and like, uh, alright, so there's no, did you do any of the courses, like, yeah, actually, like, when, when was this? When was so that was, uh, 2009. Okay. That was in I think it was I think it was May for some reason that sticks in my mind. Yeah, because so then I met people, then I met um, the Camp Woods guys and the Fico brothers and Megan Rob, and um, I found out about Fit and started signing up. I signed up for an improv one on one and a sketch one on one. And Rob Banowitz was actually my sketch one on one teacher, and he remembered me from bedtime stories and and I felt encouraged because he liked my sketch from there. So. Good. Okay. good. Positive feedback. All right. Um, let's go all the way back. Uh, what did you watch? Just going pain and suffering. Right? It's all just pain all the way back. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What was your what was your comedy fandom? What did you enjoy watching? What made you laugh growing up? Um, like Comedy Central reruns of old sketch shows like Monty Python and Kids in the Hall and old Saturday Night Lives. Mm -hmm. Like I ate those up. I would record them off the TV and just watch them over and over and over. So. I'm not, I'm not the only one that records our lives on TV. Like, yeah. Like, well, I'm pretty sure there's still a box in my parents' house that has like 98 through 2002. Yes. Uh, so I, they're probably not usable or any, any <laughs> good anymore, but like, do you have a favorite sound live cast member? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have a particular favorite. I mean, I really loved Phil Hartman and was bummed out when he died. Chris Farley, the same thing. I was really bummed out when he died. Yeah, they were like, like five months apart. Yeah, yeah. Which that was a rough stretch. <laughs> and, and personally, my, my grandmother died right before Farley died, so like, man, I, I was not happy. That was not a good year. It's a mean, all for me. It's a mean universe out there. <laughs> I don't know that I had a particular favorite, but I, I love that stuff. I would watch it over and over, and all the like stand-up specials on Comedy Central. So I always wanted to do comedy, and I never really knew how. You know, like now. I, now there's like fit and good good right. and all the stuff going on in Philly, which some of that was starting at the time I was going to school here. We're a couple blocks from Drexel. I was just saying I went there, but yeah, you went for engineering, so you yeah, so there was no creative people. And then you go to engineering, which is yeah. just a bizarre. I felt kind of out of place uh, a lot. I still do. Um, but I would always like write sketches. Anytime in high school there was a project, I would always try to turn it into a video project. I had like a couple friends which I like write stuff with. Do you still have any of them? Good question. I think I purposefully watched and destroyed a lot of them, but there may be some still in my parents' house. It's one of my worst fears, actually. Oh, <laughs> I could probably describe our German class, our German teacher thought it was hilarious and she would let us do videos for every project. Mm -hmm. So we have all of these really like it's hard for her too. Yeah. Like 
Just like they obviously worked hard on this. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what I asked them to do, but there's some German in it, so and they're yeah seniors in high school, so we don't care. <laughs> Get them out of here. Yeah, whenever people tell me that they did like funny video projects from school, I want them all. Like I want to see that. <laughs> I I really hope to God one time I get to curate a show of like just people's high school, high school sketches. I, I want it so bad. Like I'm gonna go find your parents and look for videotapes <laughs> and go digging for everything. It's like a weird artifact. Yeah, they were all. I, I watched a couple a couple years ago. I was cleaning out old stuff and found some videos and those thrown away. And these sketches, quote unquote, were, were just awful. You know, it's like every dumb thing you learn not to do. I was English fall. accents for no reason. <laughs> it's it's nice. Set me up for improv. Prepare. Okay. <laughs> uh, you do one-on-one improv analytics. Yeah. Uh, improv one-on-one. Who did you? Um, I forgot. Jeez, oh, who was my... Oh, it was a guy named Covey. I don't, I don't see him around. I don't know if he's still in Philadelphia or if he's still uh, active. Um, Yeah, some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've heard that name, but he's not here. There's no way he'll find this on the internet. <laughs> um, oh, that's my former improv student. Let me see what he said about me. Like, I'm pretty uh, sure I had a class in this building, actually. It's very possible. Yeah. Um, all right, and that's all. Do you do any more improv classes? Yeah, I did. I eventually did all the levels. Okay. Um, and. I eventually did Sketch 201. They didn't offer that very frequently, right. so, but eventually one popped up with Paul, and I actually had a class credit for some good deed I did for the theater, and uh, eventually got to take it with Paul. But that was what after I had already been you know, performing for um, a couple of years. I, I also didn't ask this when you go through the classes. Were there anyone in the classes that continued on to do things? Like, it was like in your Sketch 101 or 201? Uh, good question. I don't really, for my sketch 101, I don't think so. The class almost, I, I'm, you know, you know, like after the first, it's like week two of every sketch class, about 50% of the people just stop showing up because that's when you actually bring something you've written and get feedback, which is a really hard thing. It's weird, when I did sketch 101, I didn't have that phenomenon, but I did have, half of us took it seriously like <laughs> and half of them were just like oh let's, let's have fun with that and, you know like that, that's what I had where you know my sketch one one had Madonna and Brianna from Maggie Petty Brian Rumble Meredith Weir like people that man loaded with talent you know like <laughs> and then you know the office cut up and like four or five of those um so what's your first after um Bedtime Stories doing this who did you do this with this, oh, that Greg, sketch was right. with Greg, yeah. He was, so he was the host of the show, and um, yeah, he helped me like kind of polish the material, and then did the sketch, and it was uh, it was really fun. Um, and, then, and then, do you have like what's your first group thing? So after that, we, we were just talking about Kevin Allison. You had him on your podcast, um, Kevin Allison from the state. Uh, he had a workshop at Fit that fall. I think, yeah, 2009. Yes, it was definitely 2009 because my wife was very pregnant. And I'm like, well, please, I used to see this guy on TV and I'd like to meet him and take this class and hang out with him for eight weeks. It was an eight-week class and then you did a show at the end. Yeah. I don't think he has done that one recently at Fit. Not, Not the fall. Mine, I think. When, when was I, yours? I did it in 11, 2011. Okay. So I think that was the last time he's done. Yeah, I think he's popped up and done storytelling workshops right. and stuff. 
Um, but I did that class, and that was with, um, so that was with Kevin. I had to take, I had to miss one class when my son was born. <laughs> That's a terrible father. <laughs> terrible excuse. Um, and then we did the show at the end, and then out of that, my group uh, Bear Hug formed. Okay. So it was 2010-ish. Yeah, okay, so who's Bear Hug? So Bear Hug was me, Don Moschiti, who's moved to LA, um, Jason Grimley, who I believe is also out there, and Dan McAleese, who is around here, doesn't do much stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, I've, I've reached out to him a couple times. Those are the four that lasted the longest. There were a couple other people. Uh, okay, so there were. Ian. Because um, that's what I thought, like, because there was Bear Hug, and then Ian shows up in something. I was like, he was, like, what, was he, like, was he in Bear Hug? I don't know. Yes, he was. Uh, Becca Traven was in the group okay. also for a little bit, but then eventually, um... Eventually filled it down. So just yeah, it was just the four of us for a while. I'm trying to think um, how long we were active, but that's the first time I was actually in a group, and we were performing regularly. Um, Dan has a ton of family in the area, so we would always like pack the shoe So, so Greg would say, "Hey, whenever you guys want to do a show, you bring an audience with you." Absolutely. Yeah, I started seeing stuff in 2011. I don't think I've ever seen Bear Hug. I don't think. I don't think I ever. I don't know if you guys were there when Bear Hug came We may have been. Uh, I don't recall exactly. I probably should have done some homework. <laughs> I might research my timeline. Um, yeah, we lasted a while. We still have a bunch of video sketches out there you could probably go find just to go enjoy. Oh, good. There you go. I see it. see it. But because the first time I really knew who you were was with when you took over as host of the theme show. Like, yes. And for whatever reason, you were very open to help us with whatever dumb bit Judo Range was doing. Because <laughs> we never, for whatever reason, we never decided to do sketches. We always just wanted to do like weird that had to do with the theme, and you and Pat Boy were like, all right. Anything to fill the time. Let's go, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, that was, a, that was a big challenge, too, like having, a, you know, challenging groups to write something brand new and have it polished and ready to go, like, every month, you know? Yeah. yeah, we eventually took over Theme Show. That's funny how it came, like, full circle. So Greg handed it off to Rob Banowitz, who um, took it back to the Shubin and, and changed the name from Bedtime Stories to Theme Show. And then when Rob, uh, you just get burnt out hosting a show. Sure. It's like throwing a party. It's not. It's fun to go to a party. It's not fun to have right. a party because right. you you never remember the work behind it. Like yeah, you have to set up a running around, cleaning up, there. putting out fires. Oh, yeah, it's it's it <laughs> it's a lot of work. But he handed it off to Pat Foy and I, uh, who was in Camp Woods, um, because we had a Twitter feud going and Rob found it funny and thought we would be good on stage together. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Like, with, like a Twitter feud, like it wasn't, wasn't like a real, like... No, no, it was entirely like, us, like, just a purposefully saying awful things to each other, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I didn't know that part. Um, because the, the other part that I remember you from is Uber Phallus from... <laughs> from Promania. From Promania. The ill-fated... Which we don't <laughs> talk about. Sure, sure. Joe Gates wrote a really funny fake commercial for, um, it was called Bacon All, so it was like a nutritional supplement, which is bacon sprinkled with Adderall, so basically you would take that and you could work out all day long because you're high on Adderall. And then you became this jerk. 
Yeah, so I shot that sketch with them. I shot the commercial, and then I wanted to do a live promo. So the character, it's kind of a character I stole from a high school friend in doing those like German video classes. Okay. Um, not German, video classes. Videos for German class. Yeah, because German video classes are... German, German video classes are totally different. <laughs> yeah, their 101's a lot different than the sketch 101. Um, yeah, but it's a German wrestler who's hawking this... Right. Uh, that's the, is that the right word? Didn't sound right. Anyway, he's selling this nutritional su supplement that's pretty illegal and, and damaging to your health. But that was super fun. Again, it was just like one person sketch. I would go out there, rile up the crowd, yeah, uh, yeah, hand yeah. out bacon sprinkled with powdered sugar to people. Because in my time of, of Promania, I was really happy to have you on it because because I played the wrestler, so I was on stage the entire time and keeping track of timing and everything as much as I could and trying to make sure we were going to the right point. But I knew when Steve had his character, I could leave the stage and just not do anything for five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, Finally, like, I can go grab a drink, like, okay, cool. And then it was done, I had to go back to work. Yeah, it's almost, if, it's almost as if I purposefully separated myself from the storyline and <laughs> said, hey, just put me in wherever, I'll come out and do my thing, and, and then I'll go away. <laughs> and I think most of us were okay with that. Um, all right, so where does Dog Mountain come in? So, Flat Earth was first. I was the... That's right. Rob Banowitz. If you were the one that jump ship or trade places. Yes, I'm, any, I'm a trader. All right, so Rob I, and I, um, so Fit origi originally drafted two sketch teams to start. Flat Earth was gonna be the first team and have the first run, and Dog Mountain was the second team. They did the second set of shows. Um, so we sat and went through all the writer's packets, and Rob and I picked our team, so I was the original so head writer for Flat Earth. Okay, so you were on board from day one, like you yeah. just Yep. And uh, we picked our teams and then wrote the show. Um, so who were the original writers? I think you've had like all of them. Uh, Matt, Matt and Matt, Adam. Jackie, Adam. Jackie wasn't a writer. She was originally. Cast, she was right? a cast member. Uh, um, Sean. Sean like this. Jess Ross. Luke Field. Was Vince? And Vince, yeah. And then we went and cast the show, and that's where Jackie came in, and Molly, Rich, Jim Grammond, who's also now in Dog Mountain. Right. Uh, this, is, this is good uh, Philly comedy lineage yeah. history um, here. So I'm just going to list people I know who are funnier than me, so I sound important. <laughs> so what's, what's the change? Why did you switch from Dog Mountain to, I mean, from Flat Earth to Dog Mountain? So Flat Earth was uh, awesome and really successful and really fun people. Um, I had a different kind of voice, right. and um, honestly, so I was kind of going through, I, I was very stressed out and I had a lot of stuff going on personally, so I wasn't being a very good head writer, honestly, mm -hmm. and they were doing fine without me. Uh, my voice fit better with Dog Mountain, because I... Because um, then you've worked with a bunch of those guys. Yeah, yeah, so Carl and Joe, Carl Bacuti, Joe Moore, Jim Graham and Rob Banowitz was on the team at the time. It was, it was all people I've known for years and done comedy with and all also kind of had a dark sensibility. So Jim and I decided at the same time, roughly around the same time, that we would fit a little better with Dog Mountain and Dog Mountain needed some writers so we made a switch there and Flat Earth by then was its own sustained thing and went just, on to wild success. Yeah. 
Yeah, we talk to everybody. And no dirty laundry, nothing. No, I don't think there's any hard feelings or no, anything like that. Um, or, I mean, not for that, just for probably you know, other well-justified reasons. <laughs> but then I've been with Dog Mountain ever since. Um, it's been awesome. We've done, this year we got to do the Chicago Sketch Fest. Uh, we went to New Orleans. Last year we went to North Carolina. It's really fun. We've got a run of shows coming up in June. Um, with, okay, with Dog Mountain, what's the... Like, what's the process of, I mean, you mentioned that the voice of Flat Earth is very clearly, and it's still very clearly different than Dog Mountain. Like, what's the process of Dog Mountain for you? Like, where do you get your ideas? Where, where does it, like, when you know a show is coming in June, when do you start to, when does that process start for you? Like, um, so recently, last few runs, Dog Mountain has definitely changed. Flat Earth was uh, pretty stable from the start. It's been this pretty stable core group of people for a long time. Dog Mountain went through a lot of like flux and transition and a lot of times where they seemed like they were about to come apart. Um, and uh, just in the last few years, we've kind of like stabilized and, and really all like committed to, uh, not that people weren't committed before, but but committed to like meeting every week, trying to meet every week, even if we didn't have anything, and just pitch some ideas or crack jokes or write some write right. stuff down. Like, and I mean, this might be jerky of me to bring up, but I think that this run of you know January to I think yeah, to March, maybe June. I think it's like the same cast has done these three shows in a row, and I think that's like the first time in a while. Yeah, I think uh, it's. Yeah, we've had a lot of people move to um, New York and LA or, or you know wherever or doing things. Like, so it's like constantly, constantly taking on water and, yeah. and like having to you know, find new people and stuff. But we've been pretty stable now for um, you know, always like there's always one or there's always Julia, a person. I think Julia is like the last edition, and she's been with you guys for yeah, she's been with us for a while now. Yeah. Um, so that's been cool, and we've definitely gained traction just from having that stability. Yeah. So back to your original question, right. um, we usually start a couple months out. We we try to leave at least three weeks for rehearsals once we have a show written. But we usually show up. Uh, everyone just kind of brings their own things. We usually write individually, but there's a lot of like text messages or whatever. You know, people bouncing ideas off each other. But each week we'll show up um, either throughout pitches or uh, read new sketches we've brought and people will you know give feedback and try to think of if it's half written where it could go next you know that kind of typical writer's room stuff and then uh, people usually go off and do their own rewrites over a month and a half or whatever we keep bringing new stuff keep bringing rewrites keep trying to punch things up I asked you this question and you hated me for it um, is there a specific sketch from Tom Young that you absolutely love like Uh, I have a selfish answer, and no, I really liked the. So, this isn't a selfish answer of, of one of my own sketches, but uh, I forget who. I think Rob or maybe Joe wrote it. Rob and Joe were in it. So this is um, probably a year or two ago. I forget exactly when Rob moved. Rob moved. Um, the TJ Maxx sketch, where it's Rob and Joe sitting on stage, and they're two like 
husbands along on a TJ Maxx trip, and they're sitting there with their bags, kind of bored, and the music's playing, mm -hmm. and they're both really into the TJ Maxx, like, store music soundtrack. Yeah. I forget what song it was. Uh, I can't believe I forget what song it was. And, it, and they just get, like, super into it, and eventually get up and just do this, like, choreographed dance mm -hmm. together. This, like, beautiful dance where they're, like, spinning each other and, like, jumping into each other's arms and stuff. It's just so absurd. And it's funny because it's, like, very physical. Yeah, there, there's a, an aspect of Dog Mountain that I think they're, Dog Mountain's more physical than the other fitted house teams, I feel. Possibly. Um, like, I might be making that up. I might only be thinking of certain That one stands out in my mind because, like, a lot of times we have to be purposefully physical. We'll have a lot of sketches where we're just like, all right, it's a lot of talking. Something's got to happen. And we'll have to go back and, like, you know, tear into a sketch and figure out what where someone can actually be moving or doing something instead of, I write a lot, that's, I struggle with that all the time, where I'll have just two people sitting and yeah. talking. Yeah. Um, but at that one, I love that sketch because it wasn't that at all. It was two guys, it, they actually got, uh, um, oh geez, who choreographed it? <laughs> they actually went and like, got a dancer to, got choreographed wow. and, and yeah, it was beautiful. Um, it was awesome. Because like, yeah, I said that being physical, because I think of last year you had the, the Art of Thief sketch. Where yes. Joe Morris playing with lasers and like, yeah. which is just silliness, and, but it's so fun and just like Joe Moore not saying anything. Yeah, and just, just I love sketches like that. Yeah. That was uh, one of my favorite Flat Earth sketches. It was from the very, I think it was from the very first run, it was the Telegraph, the Sex Telegraph sketch, where we were writing that, um, where that idea was out there. And uh, we're like, what if there's no words at all? Do, have, do you remember that one? It was, I don't think it was, all it was a telegraph on one side of the stage, Molly on one side of the stage, and I think Adam or Rich or. There's a video of it now. Like, they yeah. shot it, like, and I've seen that. It, live, it was just, just awesome. So good because it's silent, it's just music, and them doing the telegraph, and but they're like yeah. having a sexy telegraph conversation. I see it live. It was so good. That video's out there. I did. The video's out there, but I haven't seen it on stage. Um, okay. Uh, you had done Iron Special Lounge, right? That's a mentor, I guess. Yes. Uh, what was your, how was your experience with that? That was really fun. I loved Iron Sketch. Um, didn't, uh, like, a group come out of the Yeah, theater? Hoagie Fest. Yeah, Hoagie Fest. Which was uh, Jake Matera, Ryan uh, Birchmeyer, Birchmeyer, damn it, I'm going to butcher his name. Damn it. <laughs> Um, Jim Detalias, he moved to Washington or something like that. Right, because he showed up for uh, the sketch of the Frank Penguin. I was like, yes, you're, that's right. you're, you're one of us. Like, yes. You, like... Tom Whitaker, I can't forget him. Okay. Um, yeah, and they, they spun off and uh, did some shows after that, did a few runs of shows, did some Black Friday, I think two Black Friday comedy marathons, and that was really fun, being able to let them write a show, give notes, and then get to be in it. So I didn't have to actually do any of the hard work. <laughs> do you relish like that opportunity to be a director, to be the mentor of? Because like I mean, you have experience. You've been in the scene for a while. Like, is that a nice change of pace for you? Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, I think I felt better prepared for that than because I had a little more experience and had thought about it more than like with Flat Earth. Um, I was just kind of making it up as I went and didn't really have that experience, but also was trying to lead a group 
um, who really didn't need it. They were all super talented and good anyway. But when I started doing the, when Brian asked me to do the Iron Sketch thing, um, I sat down and actually like wrote stuff out and, and wrote down some notes and thoughts and like what I would want a team to do, or, like what guidelines. And um, I was just talking to Jake Matera the other day about the first email I sent was just kind of like bullet points on how to write a sketch and it was exactly everything I did wrong in that first sketch. The, the notes, basically the notes Greg Gethard gave me of just, you know, keep it short, three pages, stay on games, stay focused, you know. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, okay, as we're wrapping up, what's something that you've learned from comedy that either essentially like a life lesson or something practical <laughs> that you pass on? Oh, damn it. Other than, you know, cut it three pages, stay on the game, like something else? Like. Um, I feel like, honestly, that... You said other than it, but, but I feel like that's really important though, because yeah, just just economy, just in joke writing, like for stand up or for sketch or whatever, just getting to the point, set up punchline, and being you know being purposeful with your words. I think it's taught me a lot because I go to meetings at work or I try to write emails to people, and um, there's just a lot of wasted time and wasted space. You know, a meeting could be half as long if we just got to the point and really like thought about the thing we're supposed to think about or talk about, you know? Or I get these really long drawn out emails where people are kind of writing around the point, say it's like a, an awkward conversation to have or whatever. People will add a bunch of extra language or flourishes or examples or details. Like, no, just let's just get to the point, you know? Get to the point of the thing and then talk about the thing and then we could all save a lot of time. I think, um, yeah, I, I mentioned that the time I did Iron Sketch with Rob, he was like, cut out the two and a half pages, like, cut this in half, and he was like, oh, and I'll do it for you, this first page yeah. is completely unnecessary, like, and that taught me, I was like, oh, wow, I don't, like, Santa Live does it all the time, where they... Even up to going, going like, on air, they'll still be cutting things. <laughs> no, but, like, even, like, all right, you have an establishment shot to show you, oh, we're in an office building, and then there's... Like six lines of dialogue of setting up that we're in an office building. Like, there's a, you, you get it. Like, you have the visual already. You can clearly see a stage. Like, the, the set just goes straight to the start thing. You don't be like, hey, Jim, how was your weekend? And like, that's anything that yeah, that get get to the on. action, get to the the middle. Um, um, one other thing, if I could throw in, um, I would say. It, it comedies helped me uh, try to focus more on process instead of result because I'm someone who's very much struggled my whole life with worrying about what people think, worrying about like how something's going to pay off or the outcome, and, and battling that like anxiety and letting that turn me off to doing a lot of things. Um, just sitting down and writing every day in five days, I will have written every single day for an entire year. Oh, like, wait, wait, hold on. Say that again? So, so in five days, I'll have written for 365 days in a row, for an entire year, every single day. Written something, oh, wow. jokes, or sketches, or a short screenplay group, or stories, articles, something. Holy crap. So, June 1st, or? Uh, May something, something. May 27th, 28th. Saturday, yeah. Which doesn't matter, this is going to go up in two weeks. Um, wow, I don't think I can say that 
even with writing stupid stuff like <laughs> yeah it's hard it's hard to do because a lot of times it's useless and and coming to terms with that not useless but like you you got to write a lot of bad yeah. sketches to write a good sketch you know you you have to get through all the other junk that's in your head and not worry about it you know you don't always like you can't always finish something every session or have a completed product you right. know or something you're proud of you just sit down make an effort to do the work and I, I did it um, through I started off with a very small goal in mind the first uh, couple weeks was timer for five minutes I will sit there with a blank piece of paper or I have a little notebook or my laptop whatever and I would just force myself to sit there uncomfortably for five minutes and try to write a joke or a sentence or whatever and a lot of times that turns into a you know you end up sitting if you have an idea you like for half an hour or an hour and then I would add five minute increments I think up until about writing half an hour a day and then I would add ten minute increments and now I'm writing uh, three hours a day for these for the last three weeks. Before that it was ten minutes short of that, ten minutes short of that, in like three week chunks. Which is really hard to sustain and when I hit a year I'm gonna be very happy I did it and then immediately downshift right. because uh, sorry I've hijacked your podcast. I've found that like trying to write that much in one day and have a wife and kid and have a day job and stuff is really hard to do, just make that time. Um, but it kind of forces you to learn discipline too, which is what I want because I'm a, kind of lazy naturally, you know? Um, I've noticed that a lot of that time I've been letting myself get away with being kind of like junk writing, kind of lazy, where you know, once in a while I'll pick up the phone and find my attention's wandered off and then pull myself back and try to keep writing and, and keep my attention focused. And I guess in that way it's kind of a lot of kind of like a mindfulness, like meditation practice almost, of like constantly snapping yourself back into the moment and going, damn it, dude, just sit down and write, pay attention to what you're doing. Um, so you, you start at five minutes. Yeah. And then every few weeks you would add, or at least... So they, I think it's apocryphal, but they say like, uh, like 21 days to establish a habit, like, yeah. like three weeks. Basically, but that was just kind of a random number to go on. So every, um, I think in the beginning I did every two weeks up to a point, up to a point. Because um, I used to try to write for an hour every day, and I would have these great stretches of of a few months I'd be able to put together. But eventually I'd burn out. Yeah. You know, just I, whatever excuse, you know. Because I have the bad habit of saying I'm writing and just having a blank document, like, and not actually like. Yeah. Doing the physical activity of typing. Just just make, knowing that you're committing to the effort of like sitting there, even if you end up with a blank page, if you sit there for 30 minutes staring at a blank page, it is the worst, most awkward feeling. You're squirming in the seat, but just hanging in there and going through that is is worth it in itself, even if you don't type a single word. And okay, um, as I just, I just said, I just can't believe three hours. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so what I want to do, what I'm going to do is immediately downshift to an hour a day and try to make it a very focused hour a day. Because right now, it's three hours a day. It's not the most disciplined, focused writing. You know, I'm still getting good writing in and having great stretches, but there's a lot of times I let myself off the hook 
um, just to you know squeeze in the the time where I know I'm doing some kind of bad habit where you know I'll pick up my phone and goof around for a minute and then stuff like that. If um, that makes sense. <laughs> it, it does. I'm just kind of um, You had mentioned you know a life, a kid, real job, and writing. Why do you do this? Why do you? Why is comedy? It like I mean I make it I made the joke that you want to do comedy so you want to school for engineering, which yeah. just doesn't make sense. Why now is comedy your chosen hobby, free time? I I I. I've asked myself that question. I don't know if I've been able to verbalize it successfully. Um, I, I love it. It's, it's, I love to laugh. I love the fun. Um, I've, I've had uh, struggled with depression my whole life and had some like pretty serious episodes of depression. So I've always really liked comedy and laughing. And like I would look at the guys on Comedy Central like they're gods, you know? I mean, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Um, which is why so I went to school for engineering what the fuck man what's wrong with me so one lesson to your that's listeners a, like don't a, don't put it off do what you want to do I don't know what's wrong with me like, I, I've let I've let fear get in my way way too much um, but I love doing comedy I want to keep doing it because it's it's fun I need to create something I need to have that in my life you know because if it's just like I've got my khakis and my polo shirt on from the <laughs> office. If it's just this and go home and watch NCIS every night, I, I, did, I couldn't do it. Whenever I see you, like, come straight from work, I'm just like, <laughs> he looks like, there's like, he just looks so, like, out of place to me. Like, whenever you're at a show, and I'm like, like, oh, khakis and, khakis and polo, they're just awful to me. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> I always, uh, yeah, I feel out of place at work. I feel like they're going to, any... Any moment, I'll turn a corner and they'll all be there. Like we we've known this whole time. You don't belong here. <laughs> all right. Did I miss anything? Did I miss anything in your timeline? Bear hug, theme show, like Uber vows, flattered thong on it. I don't think I'm No, I did some improv in there too. That's not what this is about. <laughs> Had a nice run with the house team there. That was a lot of fun. You were on the house team. Yeah, Mayor Karen for two or three years, I forget how long I was, they they were the longest running, may still be the longest running uh, improv house team, I think yeah, four or five years. Yeah. But anyway, I think, uh, I think that's my history. <laughs> and now we're done. Thanks, Steve. Hey, thank you, Josh. Dog Mountain will perform their last shows as a Philly Improv Theater house team over the next two weeks. August 24th and 25th with the Sardines, who are making their sketch debut. And August 31st and September 1st with Baby Bison. All those shows will be on FIT's main stage at 8.30pm and tickets are available at fitcomedy.com. Dog Mountain will stay together and be performing independently when the time is right, including at Philly Sketch Fest Presents Philly Sketch Fringe on September 15th. Three shows throughout the night, 7, 8.30, and 10.30 p.m., all at the Comedy Sports Theater, Playground of the Adrian, whatever you want to call it. Tickets are available at myfirstsketch.com slash sketchfringe.
My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head over to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono. You can check them out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, do all that fun stuff. This is Josh Hylam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.